We'll just leave that off key. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound into Jerusalem. <clears throat> and the ones that's referring to are those that were preaching or teaching Christ. And it said, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus. And suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and ye shall be told thee what thou must do. Let's pray. Father, so grateful and thankful for you to allow us to be here in your house on this Mother's Day, Lord. Thankful, dear God, for what we've already heard and felt. And Lord, we pray, dear God, you'll be with us for the next little bit, that you'll stir each one of our hearts and minds, Lord, that we block out the world, that we uh, bring you in to, uh, to listen, Lord, to hear what you have to say today to each and every one of us. And pray, dear God, as always, there's someone here that doesn't know you or uh, someone drifted away, Lord, we pray this will be the, uh, the moment in time, Lord, that uh, they feel your presence, Lord, and feel your drawing spirit. And we pray, dear God, they'll come and call on your sweet name, Lord. Once again, we're, we're thankful for your grace and mercy, for your faithfulness to, to us, Lord. Thankful, dear God, for answering prayers, Lord. We just love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray, and amen. So we've been uh, in this series. Obviously, we had a, 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 someone else come in last week and preach, but last several weeks anyway, we've been in this series, uh, This Is My Story. And uh, we got some visitors here. I'll just, uh, just say this to you. Uh, this was really about that God had laid on my heart about uh, some individuals, biblical figures uh, in the scriptures that we could focus on for, for, each, uh, for each message. Um, obviously, there's many characters uh, in the Bible that we could look to and bring inspiration from, but, uh, but God's laid some, certain individuals. And we wanted to uh, understand maybe who they are and, and what they went through and what they've done and uh, but also, this series was to encourage those in, in church, uh, those that are children of God, that it, and give them an opportunity that if uh, they want to share their story in front of the church, then uh, we're giving them that uh, platform, if you will, on Sunday evenings. And Lord willing, uh, Brother Keith was going to do his last week, and something happened, so uh, he's going uh, to do his tonight, share his story tonight. And as I said uh, earlier, that it's been a learning experience. It really has. Um, uh, getting to know folks a little bit better. We hope that's what the church benefits from it too. And, uh, not everybody goes down the same path. There can be similar paths, but not everybody goes down the same path. But if you are a child of God, we're all saved by the same God today. We're all saved by the same blood. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. There's only one way to heaven, and that's through the doors he calls himself, Jesus Christ. It's the only way to get there. Uh, but we've all got our own story. And uh, I'm always encouraging uh, children of God to go and if you do nothing else, you can go and talk to somebody about your own story. Nobody can tell 
your story like you yourself. I can try to say, well, this is what happened to this one, or this is what, but I can't share this, your story. You can't share my story exactly with the same passion and the same understanding because we went through it. And so if we're going to share our story outside of these walls, Sometimes we've got to share our story inside the walls. Uh, we've got to prepare ourselves for what we, uh, God may have us do out in this world. And, and there's certainly many that needs to hear the story, your story, and about God's love. Because if you're a child of God, we all know that it ends at least uh, in a good place. That you have become a child of God. A joint heir with Jesus Christ. And you've been given this promise that one day we can go to a heavenly home and be with our Lord and Savior forevermore. Praise the Lord. So uh, it's, it's an encouragement uh, to tell your story. But today uh, it's, uh, it's, it's on uh, another individual. The last two that I've done was on Jesus. We could have went many weeks on Jesus. <clears throat> But today is, my name is Paul, and this is my story. We look at Apostle Paul. Just a few things that we draw from his life. First off, we see that God knows us. God knows each and every one of us, praise the Lord. You see, Paul, he didn't have that name always. Matter of fact, for half his life, he had a name, his birth name, which was Saul. You read in the scriptures after he was converted, there was a period of time that uh, went by and then his, uh, uh, he became known as Paul. But his birth name was Saul. He was born to a Jewish family in the city of Tarsus. And it was, uh, he was because of his birth at this time and where he was born at, he was considered a, uh, that Jerusalem and the Roman Empire is kind of a free city. Jerusalem was a free city in the Roman Empire and Roman citizenship. And, but he had a, Saul, as he was known then, had the privilege and opportunity to be trained up uh, uh, in, in religious training and became very knowledgeable of the Word of God. Now we're going to see what he's done in his life as well and what he's done with that knowledge. Knowledge is good. Knowledge is a great thing. It really is. It's good to have. But knowledge will not get you to heaven. It, it may be, uh, help you obtain things in this life and have a good life. And there's nothing wrong with that. But knowledge will not get you to heaven. Saul had, um, he had religious training. And he was very intelligent. And he had a lot of knowledge of the Word. He went through the rabbinical uh, school there in Jerusalem. He was uh, taught by the respected Gamaliel, uh, who was very knowledgeable in himself. And uh, Saul took tutelage under him. But because Saul was known as that for half his life, and some other things that we'll bring up shortly, and then half his life he was known as Paul. You see, it doesn't matter your name today. You, you can change your name. Spouses, many times, women, many times, they'll change their last name to the name of the, the last name of their husband. Uh, many do that, but that doesn't change the individual. That changes the circumstances. It changes the name. So I want you to know that you can change your name as many times as you want to in this life. God still knows you. Amen. You can you can try to change your address. You can move from place to place. You can try to even. 
do it trying to run from God. But guess what? God still knows you and God knows where you're at. You can even try to change your gender if you want. Mm. Yeah. You can try to change it, but guess what? God still knows who you are. You can change all of those things if you want to in this life. That's something that, that's on you to do. That's uh, something that you make those decisions. But I want you to know, regardless of what changes you try to make, that God knows exactly who you are, and He knows your heart, and He knows your circumstances. Doesn't matter what we try to do in this life, God's always going to know us. He is our creator. God's the creator of all things. He says He's the giver and the taker of life. I'll tell you what, He's my sustainer. I'm glad He knows me. Timmy mentioned uh, earlier about we, we fail from time to time, and I, I do too. And in those moments and times, I mean, I, I'm ashamed, but I'm glad He still knows me because He corrects me. God's a loving Father today. He is a loving Father. And He loves you. You may have tried to change your name or try, try to change your, uh, things in your life. Uh, you may try to maybe do this or do that. Or you may be trying to uh, feel uh, joy, bring joy and uh, laughter and love and things like that into your life. And maybe you've struggled with it. But I'm telling you, you'll never experience love until you've accepted Christ into your heart and life. Then you understand true love. Jesus loves you. Second thing I'll mention here about uh, Saul or Paul is that <laughs> he, uh, all, I'll put it this way. The scripture says it this way all have sinned. Now, many Christians, we, we think of Apostle Paul, right? That's, that's who we think of most of the time. We don't think about his, I'm glad God thinks that way too. God doesn't think about our previous life when we were a sinner and bound by sin, but He thinks about us being a child of His. Praise the Lord. It says He cast all those sins as far as the east is from the west. Scripture still says, though, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God, including prior to Apostle Paul becoming a child of God, including Paul. He wrote many books, many things that we study from yet today. And yet, he was a sinner at one time. All have sinned. For 30 years, or approximately 30 years, uh, he had led a certain life. And uh, there was this young uh, Christian, during that time his name was Stephen. Y'all have heard the story? And Stephen is known as the first recorded martyr. Meaning, Stephen died for the sake of Jesus Christ. Knowing what he was facing, he gave an incredible testimony about Jesus Christ. Knowing that if he professed him at that time, that they were going to stone him. They gave him an opportunity to change it, but he didn't change it. Because he knew who his Savior was. And it said that uh, Stephen was brought amongst a crowd there. And it said Stephen got the opportunity because he was faithful to the very end. And when the stones began getting thrown, Stephen was able to look up into heaven. And the heavens opened up for him. Praise the Lord. And he saw the glory of God that waited for him up there. And he knew he had made the right decision. 
Even though that day those people took his life. Why did you bring that up? We're talking about Saul. Because Saul was there. Saul was one of them that said that collected their garments. See, whenever they got ready to stone somebody, they would take off their whatever outer garments and things that they had because they wanted to be all loose and nothing holding them back from when they're throwing stones. And here's Saul. We find Saul there. And he's helping. He's been supportive in this. It didn't stop there. It wasn't that one event. But we know that, that Saul was there. So Paul, at that time, was a persecutor. If you're a child of God, I'm not going to say you're a persecutor of the church or persecutor of Christians. You may be a great individual. And I know people in my own life, in my own family, that are great, great people. But they are still lost because they've never called on the name of Jesus Christ. Galatians. Paul said this himself over in the book of Galatians about himself. He said, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews... Religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. And profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the tradition of my fathers. Paul, Saul, was, when he wrote this, he was known as Paul. And he said, Listen, you've heard of all the things that were said about me, and, and they're true. I persecuted the church. I, I was there when there was stoning that took place. When Christians were arrested. He said, I was there through all of that. He said, matter of fact, I was even greedy with the money. And I was, I was profiting off everything that was being done. Timmy asked earlier, I don't know if he was here or not, but Timmy asked earlier about kind of in your mind when you think about sin, you know, do we... Do we kind of rate one sin worse than another? You know, do we say, you know, do we, we say pedophiles, that's the worst kind of sinner in the world? Do we say rapists are the worst kind of sinners in the world? And so on and so forth. And maybe, maybe we got lying down at the bottom, probably, toward the bottom. Now, if we, if we do it in how often get things get done, how often sins are made, we probably have to flip lying right up to the top, wouldn't we? Mm. And we and we might try to rank them. And if we did that, we could say we could look at Saul and say, "My goodness, what a sinner!" Going out and taking God's children, the early church, and stoning them, and stoning them to death, and and beating them, and throwing them into prison. How could God love such an individual like that? Do you think God loved what Saul did in his early life? The, all the knowledge that he had? And then he begins hearing about these individuals that are preaching and teaching about Jesus Christ, about how he died for sin and how he rose again. And Saul was there saying, it's not true. None of that's true. We've got to look at the tradition. We've got to look at what the, the, our fathers taught us. We've got to look at what happened in past times. We've got to look at the law, the Mosaic law. That's what he knew, and he knew it well. He said, we've got to look at those things. And, and he said, when we do that, we find that these people that are preaching and teaching Christ, we need to go and get a hold of them. 
And we need to arrest them or kill them or whatever. We just got to get rid of them. We got to eradicate them. We got to do whatever we can to stop this. And our mind was saying, how could God save such an individual like that? How can he love somebody like that? He didn't love what he was doing. Absolutely, there's no way. God, because he is of great love, but he could no way love of the Christians being persecuted like that. That's exactly what Saul did in his life. That's exactly what he's saying there in Galatians. You've heard of what I've done. He had a dedication. At one time in his life, he had a dedication and a desire, and he was super focused on going out and stopping the advancement of the kingdom of God. That's what kind of individual Saul was. It says in the scripture over in Proverbs 16, 25, and it says it also in Proverbs 14. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I believe this. I believe this. I believe Saul thought he was doing the right thing. He had knowledge of God's word. He was taught by the best. And I believe he thought by persecuting Christians, he thought he was doing the right thing. There's a way that seemeth right. Now I'll say this today, and it's not in comparison to what Saul did at all, but I would say today there are still multitudes, maybe even billions of people in this world today, that's on a path they, they think is all right. They're, they're, they're going away that they think they are okay because they're just as good as this individual or they were good to their mom and dad or they've been a good employee or they've given to the church or they volunteered organizations or they do all of these things. It's a way that seems right to them. But if you've not accepted Christ in your life, it's a way of death. What the writer was saying in Proverbs, there's a way that seems right. It may seem right to you. And the devil, he'll tell you it's the right way. But unless you've accepted Christ in your life, you'll not make it to heaven. It's as plain and simple as that. The only way I can get there is nothing that I've done. And nothing, nothing that I've given. But it's by the blood of Christ that I can get there one day. Amen. The only way each one will. So Paul was a persecutor. And he was doing something that he felt was the right way. But another thing I'll mention in the story of Saul and Paul is this. When there was a dramatic change that took place, and this is what I read earlier. Because Jesus finds us. Jesus finds us. I said he already knows you. Regardless of what we've done in this life or what we've tried to change, God knows us. Then he finds us. Because we're the ones lost, not him. We're lost. And Saul was lost. Saul, Saul was, I mean, Christians were scared to death of him. We even find, in, if you read the rest of that chapter there about Ananias, a good Christian person, he had heard, you know, Jesus had come to him and said, I want you to go to, to Saul and and. and and he's like, I know what he's done. 
I don't want to be around that individual. He was scared. People were scared of Saul. But Jesus came to him one day. He said, Saul, why do you persecute me? Hmm. I remember the time when I was nine years old that Jesus spoke to me. And he didn't say, Mark, why do you persecute me? But he said, Mark, why aren't you saved? I remember sitting, I was sitting on this side of the church, another church, a little over halfway back. And I also heard him say, if you don't accept me, you're going to hell. Mm. That scared me. And I came to the altar and accepted Christ in my life that night. Praise the Lord. Jesus knew me. Jesus came to me. And Jesus called me. The same that he did for Saul. I wasn't a persecutor of Christians. I was just a boy. But yet Jesus did the same for me as he did for Saul. He did for Saul the same he did for me. And he's given Saul an opportunity here. And he said, why persecutest thou me? And Jesus ended up saying, he said, I am Jesus. Jesus, by his spirit, Jesus is passing this way today. And he knows you. And he's presenting himself to you. And he's saying, I am Jesus. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. It says, no man coming to the Father but by me. It takes you calling on the name of Jesus Christ. Even though the devil will put things in your head and say, well, you've done this and you've done that. I guarantee you, you haven't done anything worse than what Saul did and what his desire and his heart was at the time. He was on that road to Damascus to get more Christians. Get them by force. That was the reason he was going to Damascus. He was on a path that day and had an objective in mind of what to do. And Jesus interrupted him. Praise the Lord. And he went on down with a different objective. Jesus will do the same for us. He just changes our life. He knows you and he'll call you. He's saying, I am here. If you call on my name, I am here. Now, to finish that thought, um, Saul went on down to Damascus and he did meet with Ananias, a good Christian there, and Ananias had touched him. And I think it was three days, uh, Jesus had blinded Saul. Three days later, he got his sight back. Saul was converted, he was saved. That changed his life. He was baptized, praise the Lord. It's a life-changing event. Life-changing. Jesus said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And he said, ordain you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Saul's life, and became known as Paul, his life changed forever. He was no longer persecuting Christians. He was now preaching Christ Jesus. He was now doing his best to convert individuals to Christianity. Completely changed his life around. 
Now for me as a young boy, I, I maybe didn't see a, a lot of change in me, but there was change. There was a change in my heart. For some individuals, there might be a more dramatic change, but the change always starts within and at the heart. Your head may have said many times, I know what i got to do. And I, I know I need Christ. But you've got to get it out of your head and you've got to let your heart be given to Christ. You've got to take out a step of faith. To be bold. The devil will keep you where you're at as long as he possibly can until you have no breath in your body. But if you allow Jesus to come into your heart and life, He's a, he's a life changer. Not only a life changer, He's an he's a eternal destination changer. Praise the Lord. Jesus would say this, to take up your cross and follow Me. And that's exactly what Paul did. He took up His cross and followed Him. Paul became or changed from a persecutor to the persecuted. And I'm going to read these things here, and we're going to finish up here in just a second. I'm going to read these things here, and you're going to say, well, is that what waits for me? It's not the point of it. But Saul did some terrible things in his life. And I believe there were some consequences to those things as well. God forgave him. God saved him. But there was also persecution that Saul must go through, or Paul. And it says this, Paul wrote this himself over in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, a few verses here says, starting at verse 23, Are they ministers of Christ? He said, I am more, in labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths off. Of the Jews five times received I forty stripes, less one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in the journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of mine own countrymen, in perils by my own, um, in, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness, in watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. That's quite a list of things to go through. A lot of beatings, a lot of sufferings. And you, you may be thinking, well, you're, you're talking me out of this, this Christian thing right now. No, that's not the point of it, because I want to go on to what Paul had said about that. But I want you to understand that God forgave him for the things that he'd done. But it didn't mean that because he had been saved and now called into the ministry to preach, it didn't mean that everything was going to be, you know, roses and perfect things was going to happen to Paul. Matter of fact, these were some terrible things. But he continued on. One place in the Scripture, he said, I've kept the faith. Christian, uh, this is an encouragement for us Christian, that we keep the faith. 
Regardless of the circumstances around it, regardless of what we go through, regardless of what happens, there are things going to happen bad in this world. Because there's evil, there's sin, there's sickness, there's all those things that's in this world. We've not made it to heaven yet. Heaven's going to be perfect. No more uh, sin, no more uh, sorrow, no more sickness, no more pain over there. It's going to be all joy and happiness forevermore. But while we're on this side of heaven, there's going to be things that we go through. But Paul, just like Paul, he's faithful. God is faithful to us through all of that. And Paul was saying the same thing, that he's faithful through all of those things. Listen to what Paul said. In another part of the letter to Corinthians, this was when he's talking about the, the thorn in the flesh or the, 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 the problem that he just couldn't get rid of and he kept on praying about. <clears throat> Paul wrote this. He said, God spoke to him and said, My grace is sufficient for thee. I had that happen one time in my life several years ago. Things that were just... I was in a rough place and it physically uh, worn down and, and hurting and having problems and um, just wondering, man, am I going to get through this? Am I going to get out of this? And those words came to me too. My grace is sufficient for you, Mark. This is a personal thing. And sure enough, it was. (laughs) That grace was sufficient. It's sufficient for you today. Regardless of what you go through, you be faithful to God. But let me go on and read what Paul said there. He said, His grace is sufficient, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecutions. Paul said, Therefore, I take pleasure in these things and distresses. He said, Because when I am weak, he is strong. Mm. In Romans chapter 5, Paul said, And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Paul's kind of the, the phrase that we know of. Paul was saying, I've given lemons, but I make lemonade with it. I have troubles and trials, but there's always good things that come out of it. I become a better individual. Boy, what an attitude to have, isn't it? Man, Christian, what an attitude to have like that. I know God's still faithful to me. I'll go through whatever I need to. I like this over in Romans that Paul, Paul went through all of that persecution, all of those beatings, all those things as we get an invitation song. He said this in Romans. He said, if we are children, then we are heirs. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. He said, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed to us. Praise the Lord. He said, Everything that I go through in this life is going to be worth it one of these days. 